Welcome to Diminishing Returns. Mm. <laughs> that, was, that was obvious. <laughs> oh, well, sorry. So sorry. I want something less obvious. All right. <laughs> Welcome to Diminishing Returns. Ah, uh, d- Diminishing Returns finds a way. Now, Calvin, what's your one going to be? That's, that's not just obvious, but it's also weak. No, I know. We, we're we're going <laughs> to... Calvin, you're, you can do... Was that Timmy? That was wrapped. <laughs> that was wrapped. What's the animated DNA thing? See, I, I was doing Wayne Knight on the computer and it was basically the same noise. Mm. You know, you know, when he, in that very nineties um, view of what computers are, like a little animated version of him pops up that he took the time to create uh, as yeah. part of his. Uh... Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> Went to the effort of recording a little bit yeah. of uh, voice for it as well, and that animation just to incriminate him further. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about today? Jurassic Park. Yes, today we are talking what? about. Jurassic Park, fuck's that? film and franchise. What is it? It's a very Never famous film. It was released in 1993 about dinosaurs. And <laughs> it had two sequels, and then a kind of reboot slash sequel a few years ago. Hmm, yeah. Jurassic World. And there's another one coming out very soon, and that's why we're talking about it. But Jurassic Park, it changed the nature of films forever. Mm. And it's going to be a big discussion. So... Guys, um, where do we start? That's your big subject. You, you guys are too young to remember it. Well, yeah. actually, I remember it. one of my earliest memories um, is being. Uh, I think my dad and stepmom took me to a uh, just a, a house, well, a house party, a gathering of their <laughs> friends, and um, they were they put Jurassic Park on, and I think I must have been quiet. about five five years old, six at the time. And uh, they had to turn it off because by the time the T-Rex arrived, I was screaming so much that <laughs> yes. I, I was ruining everyone else's party. And I, I held a terrible uh, fear of dinosaurs for many years, actually, probably until I was about nine, ten years old. And then I finally got over myself. You're a very weak child. So how did you two come to Jurassic Park? Because I sort of rediscovered it later on in childhood and uh, became a firm favourite of mine. I mean... I don't know, it's just one of the, like, the biggest films ever. <laughs> so, I don't know, <laughs> yeah. it's just kind of there. I'm too young to remember how I even first... I was about the right age for it, I was, like, ten years old. Um, I seem to remember, I seem to remember going to see it with my family, which is incredibly unusual, because my family never went to see things at the cinema. So it must have mm-hmm. been a pretty big deal that everybody, like, it really did pervade the consciousness that even my parents went, oh, we should go and see that, it's going to be a big deal. Um, and I also remember my grandma came with us and fell asleep. Uh, so <laughs> it was pretty exciting. <laughs> well, I suppose it is a bit of a landmark um, film, really. In, uh, yeah. Obviously, in terms of um, special effects and everything, mm. uh, I, it's like in the behind-the-scenes stuff on the DVD. They, you know, go on about it's famous how they were going to do it, like stop motion animation dinosaurs and then at some point during production someone was like oh hey spielberg look at what we've done on this computer and it's like oh christ like, that's what's amazing. a computer 
But could you imagine, like, if this film had been stop motion dinosaurs, like how, how different shit it that would be? <laughs> but it would it have would been be... so shit. It would not have stood the test of time, would it? <laughs> no, it really. Well, it's, it's a bit like when you see Terminator and they've got that awkward stop motion robot at the end chasing mm-hmm. Linda Hamilton. It's sort of it's weird. I think so much of the dinosaurs are animatronic and puppet based that the mm. film would probably be almost as as fondly remembered. Frankly, I mean, you probably have a couple of basically. There's a, there's a scene now where they do walk in herds, and everyone's like, "Wow, this is really great." Every time you watch it, you go, "Wow, this holds up remarkably well." Why why CGI so shit nowadays, guys? Eh, and it's this whole thing. But it would just be one of those scenes like when you watch Robocop or Terminator now and there's like a scene that's just kind of a joke in the middle of the film, but then you watch the rest of it like, yeah, I, I think it would still be a fondly yeah, remembered classic. So, I mean, the, the story of Jurassic Park, everyone freaking knows it actually, but it's, uh, yeah, rich old man makes dinosaurs, invites a bunch of paleontologists over to his park to sort of give it their seal of approval. And, and a mathematician. Escape. Yes, yes, and a mathematician and a lawyer. What's that about? A mathematician. Why does he invite him there? Oh, he does chaos theory. All right, that's that's relevant. <laughs> why are you here? Je- and why is he back in the new? Oh. Well, I can imagine why he's back in the new one. Like you would probably be a bit of a celebrity around the world if you were one of the survivors of such an ordeal. No, because the idea is he he comes into so he can go. Oh well, probability is this is gonna go tits up. Or or he comes in and goes like. They go, how many dinosaurs are there in that field? And he goes, 100, because he's really good <laughs> at maths. <laughs> so where, where should we begin with this one? Um, I'm a big fan, just to plant my flag early on. Yeah. J- just me? Is there anybody who isn't? Hmm? Oh, really? Are you both... Do you both like it? I mean, everybody you know, loves Jurassic a, Park. Come on, it's a phenomenal yeah. piece of filmmaking. It's fantastic. I love Jurassic Park. Like, come on, everyone loves yeah. Jurassic Park. The first one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Of course. Okay. Well, that's good. Shall we? T- uh, shall we? Shall we go straight into the things that we don't like about it? Then? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, what I'll say, kind of on on that note, is um, not what Alan said, but just that it's great. I really couldn't be asked rewatching this film, and I put it off for ages, rewatching it for this podcast, because um, it just seemed like such a chore. Like, oh, I've got to watch Jurassic Park again. <laughs> but then I started watching it, and you know, within like a few minutes, I was like, oh, you know what? It's been a while since I've seen this, and this is actually really great, and I'm really into this, and I, I had a great time. <laughs> so <laughs> it's one of them. It is. I, I was thinking that actually. Um... I, I must have seen this film like six or seven times and I'm not the sort of person who watches films over and over again. I, I think the people who do are quite simple. Uh, so <laughs> I think <laughs> I don't watch films again and again that much uh, unless it's something like Ace Ventura, which I must have seen a lot of times. <laughs> but yeah, uh, the fact that I've seen this film so many times is must be some sort of testament to its quality. Uh, because it is one of those films you can come back to every couple of years and go, oh yeah, I'll watch that. It's classic. I'm astonished that we're all on the same page on this. Then, That's, uh, <laughs> yeah. I thought, Alan, I thought you'd be grumbling about it and saying how it's ruined, you know, summer cinema or something. And... <laughs> no, this is everything. Cinema. This is everything the summer blockbuster is supposed to be. Is is. Hmm. Hmm. 
I think this was one of the first films I ever bought on uh, VHS, in fact. Oh. One of the only non-Jim uh, Carrey films I had on VHS. Oh, you know what? I was, I've was i been trying to think about people who don't like Jurassic Park, because I don't think I've ever encountered one. I've just remembered, it's the long-awaited the long uh, awaited return of stories about my cousin. Uh, he was there when I bought uh, that Jurassic Park VHS, and he sort of went, oh, Jurassic Park? And I was like, you can't say Jurassic Park's not a good film. And he was like, oh, yeah, I can. And I was like, well, <laughs> you're wrong. And then he bought a Nickelback album from the same shop. So I, think, <laughs> I think that says it all, really, doesn't it? Sunny Side Up, I think that's what it's called. No, Silver Side Up? From the Nickelbacks. Something that I um, don't like about the film is uh, elements of the production design. I, I get that Jurassic Park is supposed to be a theme park, and I don't know if the production designer had ever actually been to a theme park, <laughs> because it, there's nothing about yeah. this that is like, where do the guests go? Like, what is Because it, it, it seems like there's literally just this one tour, which is you sit in a car and see it's dinosaurs a behind a fence. Yeah, it's more of a safari park than a theme park. And there's the the museum-y bit at the end, with all the bones hanging up. And... Mm. Yeah, which is like one relatively small centre. Um... Yeah, I know I know what you mean. And and when we get to Jurassic World, obviously that shows a proper, like, mm. oh yeah, mm. I can see what all this is. But in, yeah. yeah, in Jurassic Park, maybe we just don't see it all. It's not ready to open. Yeah, yet, yeah. Like, well, it's, mm. it's not. Mm. It's still I in suppose. the testing phase. Yeah. I think it's also a very boring attraction that Richard Hammond has. It's like you do just sort of get driven around, and if you're lucky, you'll get a glimpse of a dinosaur. Oh, God, you're just like the bloody Jurassic World people. Oh, where's the. the, I'm bored of dinosaurs. Give me a Frankenstein dinosaur that's even more Frankenstein, because. It's an abomination it's against nature times good. two. No, it, no, 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 it's not that dinosaurs themselves are boring, but the way that attraction is, like, set up, because they're driving these cars through these um, pens and whatnot, and they've got these huge fences, and they've got, like, foliage, trees and bushes, like, right up immediately in front of the fence. So it's sort of like, unless the dinosaur is, like, six foot from that fence, you're not going to see it. And presumably there's a huge, you know, uh, area behind it for it to roam around in. I think it's a very poorly designed uh, park. Well, have you ever been to a zoo, Calvin? This is the problem with zoos. All the animals just sit in the shade. And, like, <laughs> they don't come out and perform like they're supposed yeah. to. I, I've made a load of notes. Um, shall I just rattle them off? Um, yes. Okay. First one. Oh, Christ, I completely forgot Wayne Knight was in it. Um, I love Wayne Knight. Like, just just <laughs> forgot that there was, you know, premier sitcom fodder from the 90s in this film. Um <laughs> Then let's see. There's Gold Bloomy Woomy. Incredible music. Uh, John Williams score. Oh yes. You know what? I I'm I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say I think this might be John Williams' best work in his entire career in this film. Oh my god. Yeah, it's up there. Yeah. And yeah. that's high. That you know that's that's not something I'm saying lightly. Uh, that's very high praise. <laughs> um, mm, mm. Uh, obviously, there's the famous line "Life finds a way," and I was looking forward to it. And I like I thought that had become like a parody of itself in time. If anything, people are toning it down. <laughs> it was I couldn't believe it. The, the there's he literally goes life ah uh, finds a way. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> um, I do love Jeff Goldblum. Like this, this reminded me oh, just how mu- like how much I love him because he's great. You know that. 
You know that that character was supposed to die originally, right? No. In in the script, in the script, it was written as like a nebbishy Woody Allen nerdy type guy who's like really annoying because he's hitting on Laura Dern, and he was supposed to get killed. I think by the T Rex, like when the lawyer gets killed, uh-huh. uh, and I think in the behind the scenes stuff, Jeff Goldblum talks about like going up to Steven Spielberg and being like, "Hey, actually, you know what? It might be more interesting <laughs> if I don't die and I save the kids." And then you have like Sam Neill being interviewed immediately after, and he's like. Yeah, that was supposed to be my moment to, like, save the kids and wave the flare and uh, mm-hmm. lead the T-Rex away. And then all of a sudden, on set, Jeff Goldblum is there, like, mm. uh, waving a flare around and surviving and getting his shirt off later on. Can we um, put a pin in my notes, actually, and just talk about the cast for a bit? Because Sam Neill, yeah. uh, this is really his um, most notable Zenith. credit to date. And, and I, I really like Sam Neill, but I'm intrigued to know what you make of him, Calvin, because he's very much... Like, in an alternate reality, he probably played James Bond. Um, well, he <laughs> was screen-tested. You can no. see the screen-test online. Really? It's uh, Yeah, before uh, okay. when they were uh, looking to uh, replace Roger Moore. Um, huh. Yeah. There you go. Uh, and I, th- I think he would have been brilliant. He, he's sort of a mm. Pierce Brosnan-esque yeah, yeah. style yeah, actor. Mm. I think he'd be really good. Yeah. Mm, I don't know about that. I really like him. I, I, I've seen him in quite oh, a few yeah, little, great. like... You know, smaller films and Australian films and stuff. He's always a, a cast highlight mm. for me, and I, I think he's yeah. one of the best things in the Jurassic Park franchise, to be honest. Although he is overshadowed mm. by Jeff Goldblum. Uh, mm. uh, I don't know. I don't. The thing is, I think this whole thing is just absolutely perfectly cast. I don't think you could. Yeah, you, you haven't put a foot wrong. And you got. Sam, as the beauty of Sam Neill is that he's not like a big action hero. He's not yeah, 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 so exactly. Harrison Ford. He, he is just like a. He looks like a paleontologist who then has to mm. sort of like. And and that's the a, a beauty of this film as well that there aren't any action heroes in it. There's nobody really does anything heroic in the Hollywood sense. They step up and have to do sort mm. of have to be quite brave in certain situations, but it's mostly mm. just running away, um, uh, in in different forms. And mm. I think that is kind of crucial to why Jurassic Park is so appealing, mm. because also you don't really have uh, a bad guy. the The dinosaurs are the antagonists, but they're they're animals. You can't. I mean, Wayne Knight is certainly a villain yeah. catalyst for yeah. everything yeah. going wrong. But yeah, yeah but even he is sort of is hoisted by his own petard. Do you know what I mean? He gets his comeuppance by his own means. Um, nobody stops him, and I and that's what I really like about Jurassic Park. It doesn't it doesn't seem to conform to what you your standard kind of Hollywood blockbuster procedure uh, and plotting, and that really appeals to me because you're not quite sure what's going to happen. You know, characters could mm. die. Okay, the kids are probably not going to die. We we know that, but it seems like anybody could die. Because it's not like, oh, well, this character, he's obviously going to have to die at the end to make up for mm. doing this. This guy's going to be the heroic sacrifice guy. Yeah. All that sort of thing. Which, like in the second film, for example, you start mm. to see more mm. of that. Yeah. Because on that on that note, um, I think casting Richard Attenborough as John Hammond is mm. a very uh, interesting and quite defining choice. Because mm. you could so easily make that 
parts like the Doctor Frankenstein. Like he's created yeah. this thing, yeah. and obviously, uh, you know, his creations must uh, take him down at some point. But he lives until the end of the film and makes it into the sequel. And it's mm. hard to like when he's going on about he had that little flea circus when he was uh, much younger and everything, and he's really just wrapped up in his own um, well creation, I guess, in in sort of a boyish. Mm. like uh, P.T. Barnum sort of way. He doesn't come across as a crass capitalist. He's more of a like Willy Wonka figure. He's more of the kind yeah. of yeah. lovable old eccentric and you kind of rooting for his his uh, playing god because you mm. can appreciate the magic of what he's trying to do. Yeah, but even that is it is balanced because you do still get a sense from him that he, like, even when everything's going tits up, he's like, "Oh no, we know what we've done wrong now. We'll we'll get it right next time." Uh, at mm. first, and 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 like, so he you do get this sense that he's not learning, and then by the end, obviously, he's kind of like, "Oh yeah," but in the in mm. the book, he he dies. In the book, he's killed by the dinosaurs, and mm. that feels like that's coming in the film. Like you feel like he's going to die because he's the one responsible for everything, mm. and then he doesn't. Uh, and maybe that's uh, just because he's a cuddly old man. I think so. I can't yeah. imagine what that would be like, like Richard Attenborough being... David Attenborough. No, Richard, yes, Richard Attenborough being savaged by uh, <laughs> dinosaurs. I don't know if anyone would want to see that. I can't imagine what it would be like to see David Attenborough be savaged by dinosaurs <laughs> as well, to be fair. Um, can, we, can we talk about Laura Dern? Yes, yes. Now, okay. I reckon... Calvin, I reckon Calvin's absolutely in love with her, and Alan's probably a, a fan <laughs> to some degree. I don't get it. Can you explain to me why everyone? Because she seems to be a real like fan favorite, you know, darling of these films, these sorts of things. Everyone was raving about her in the Last Jedi. Even the people who didn't like the Last Jedi were like, "Well, Laura Dern's in it." Good old Laura Dern. Well, people like her because she's in Jurassic Park. Oh, is that all it is? Okay. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that. I, I liked her in Citizen Ruth. And she, she did sort of get... She got lost to Hollywood by sort of falling into the, a Lynchian cult and just appearing in weird films for yeah. David Lynch for a while <laughs> that don't make any sense. So that gives her a cult, uh, cult right. following. Like, she's fine yeah. here, but nothing about what she did really grabbed me or... or... I don't know, I've just never quite... Uh, I, but I think perhaps that is what's right about her for this character, that she's not jumping up and grabbing attention. She's just... Uh, she's very natural. Yeah. And, like, the... the uh, mm. Yeah, the, the kind of... The, the chemistry between her and Sam Neill is very uh, very underplayed and, and nice. And then you've got little flirtatious bits with uh, Jeff Goldblum. Mm. And she, you know, she's she probably does the most heroic thing of anyone in the film because she when she goes and sort of has to go and set up all the uh uh the electrics and stuff mm. the door locks yeah it's like <laughs> ellie got the door locks most most things that people are doing really way she that's one of the rare ex, uh examples where someone is like going into a potentially dangerous situation for the greater good um and she's not it's not like she's muldoon she's not the the gamekeeper guy who's that's kind of his job She's just as a paleobotanist who's just like she steps up to the point, and she's sort of just a strong, independent female in a mm. a time when such a thing was uh, still quite rare. 
I'd say standout performance is the raptor when it's trying to get in that door and it sort of looks its eye in through the little door hole <laughs> window and then it goes <laughs> and like sniffs and yeah, that's some good dinosaur acting. I like the one that comes out and snarls at Muldoon just before he says, clever girl. <laughs> yeah, that's well, yeah. Do you yeah. think, I was thinking that Muldoon, would it be better if he was South African? Yes. <laughs> and he's like, he'd made his bones in Rhodesia, hunting game, and now he's a, he was like a mercenary for 20 years, and now he's he's a, a gamekeeper. Well, we get uh, sort of, yeah, characters like that in the next film. I suppose we'll get there. Yeah. Uh, my next note is, uh, 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 you didn't say the magic word, T-Rex effects are outstanding. What about... They're really uh, good, aren't they? Mm. Like, it's just that CG, like how that... Has still, you know, holds up to this day mm. when you look at other films from the nineties, like mm. like Deep Blue Sea, and <laughs> how horribly dated that looks. And this still, yeah, I mean, you can tell it's from a, a an older time, but it's uh... mm. point in the nineties when every child was a computer hacker. Every <laughs> film. <laughs> oh, that's fine. They need to give her something to do because she's been screaming and. And then I've got okay, so I've got the note. It's not as good once it turns into a monster movie. But then I've got the note, actually, it gets really good again from the kitchen scene onwards. Oh, that kitchen scene is fantastic. Just, I think oh, that the, there's a so little, good. like, there's a little lull when it sort of begins to feel like, oh, it's getting a bit silly now, and this was... Well, I, of... I did I did make a note that it starts to get a bit samey at the end, because it is just like, oh, we'll run into here, oh, some dinosaurs, okay, now run into here, oh, some dinosaurs. It, it does get a little bit samey, but, it, and then it, it, it kind of reaches a conclusion, though. And there's always this sort of follow. I think it's um, what's his name, Grant and the kids. They're just running from one sort of scary area to another. Yeah, I just I, I like the whole uh, like because obviously if there is a character arc in this, it's Sam Neill that he doesn't want kids, and then through this experience of traveling with the kids, he you know becomes he still doesn't want kids. But like, I don't think. But no, I don't think he does. I think that would be like mm. the hack thing would be be completely like, oh my god, yes, Laura Dern, let's settle down. Um, but he doesn't, and in well, fact, yeah, we see does. by the third one that they, uh, yeah, they, well, that never mm, happened. Ignoring that. But also, but but no, but I, but no, what I mean is it's a bit more subtle than that. He doesn't become yeah. enamored yes. with the kids. He kind of goes, okay, well, children can be sort of real things too, and they're yeah, all, can be yeah. all right. I think I it's it's there. It's just not said. It's like when they're on the helicopter at the end, and the kids are hugging him, and he's looking at them, and then he looks at Laura Dern and smiles. It's it's all there in looks, um, which is but that's as what it I mean. I think be. it's it's played subtly though. Where, where yeah. That could be in... terrible. It's it's just enough for this kind of film just to have yeah that what they have here. I've got one more note, which is. Deus Rex Machina. Oh, <laughs> God. Well, again, you know that that wasn't how the film was originally scripted and storyboarded. It was going to be that the raptors were just crushed by the uh, skeleton, the bones. So there's going to be a fight sequence on that. And then, um, yeah, they're going to fall and uh, get crushed. But then I think, yeah, when they saw all the special effects of the T-Rex in progress, they were like, well, that's obviously the big thing, this. you know, that people are going to remember from this film. So he needs to come in and save the day. Uh, I, th- I think it cheapens the film somewhat. I'll be honest. I, I, uh, it's just such a silly moment. <laughs> yeah, but it's like you know, it's also silly when they blow the shark up in jaws. But it's still, it's how the I don't think, thing needs I don't think to it's end. Silly. If you if you let loose a load of dinosaurs, they're going to find their own uh, hierarchy and predators and prey and stuff like that. 
Yeah, but it just like That's they turn around and the T Rex was there and it snuck in without well, any of yeah. them noticing. <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah, okay, but <laughs> yeah, it's silly, but you know. But there's a lot of things going on, like people things smashing and stuff. You wouldn't notice it. Mm. I have always found the ending a little bit anticlimactic. It mm. kind of just suddenly goes, yeah. "Oh look, the choppers arrived. Let's get in it." Um, and yeah. It's a little bit kind of everything just suddenly ends, mm. uh, and that's on that's been my in terms of the structure and stuff. That's my only complaint, really. It just yeah, kind of, yeah, yeah, it always yeah, feels a little bit anticlimactic. It just needs to build to something a little bit more, or there's more of a journey where we're going, okay, look, we need to get past this stage. Uh, we need to get past this building to get over there. Oh, no, there's a dinosaur in it. Okay, well, we've got to work our way through it. So, so you know, like, we, so we know, look, hey, we're heading for that helicopter pad over there. Yeah. Just give me that goal so that when they get there, it's kind of a sense of achievement. I think mm-hmm. that some of that comes from the T-Rex as well, because the fact that it is a deus ex machina that saves them from those raptors, it, it, in terms of writing, just feels a bit, you know, unearned. It just feels a bit, like you say, un, unsatisfying that, that is all, that's Maybe. kind of the big moment when they manage to escape. Plus, you got, like... Uh, Hammond turns up with Ian Malcolm in the back of the jeep. Did Hammond lift him up and put him in there? <laughs> How did he get him in? I, I feel like I, I want to praise it a bit more. Can we talk about it some more? <laughs> Let's find some other bits we like. What else is there to say? Uh, direction? What about what about the? Let's talk about the dinosaurs some more. Okay. Right. It got, you, yeah, it is okay. The pinnacle of CGI at the time, but it's seamlessly matched with this model work, animatronics stuff. Yeah, mm. yeah, and really good animatronic work. Mm. And mm. and and it they do the two do mix pretty seamlessly. It's not like uh, mm. Mm. you see even in the later films of this series, you see the CGI stuff just doesn't match when you go to a close up of a, a mm. bit of plastic. Mm. Um, <clears throat> what about uh, another another sort of important aspect here is that no one ever hurts a dinosaur. You know, no one ever harms the dinosaurs, humans anyway. That's obviously deliberate. The dinosaurs mm. are not evil; they're just animals. That's a good point. And we, actually, we've talked about this before. Yeah, we were talking. It might have been in like King Kong or something like that, where it's like, or all the shark films, maybe in Jaws. If there's, it's just an animal. It's an alien as well. You brought it up, and then everyone the goes, films. "Oh, we've got to kill it." <laughs> it's very <laughs> sort of gratuitous, and I don't think it plays these days in the same way it did in the seventies. Mm, mm. I think that's one of the geniuses of Jurassic Park. It never feels like a monster movie in the sense of you know, like Mm. you know, Anaconda or Deep Blue Sea, anything like that. There is, and I think the score helps as well. That I think there is such a a, an element of wonder to it. And um, I, mm. I don't know. I, I think it does. I, I think about two thirds into the film, it really does feel like it transitions into a monster movie and it, it kind of comes out the other side of that, but I, I I wouldn't say it never feels like one. It never feels in Jurassic Park like there's a, a monster and, and they go to great pains in the later ones to create a monster, like the big monster who can be the mm. big bad. Well, only because there's multiple monsters that are all formidable. The, the, like the, yeah, the, but the, that's... the kitchen scene, you know, it's just because that would be a monster, except there's like three of them. <laughs> so yeah, but that makes a, that makes a significant difference, I think, because you're not targeting a particular creature as a as the bad guy. I don't know. A monster movies like one monster things. I, I I'm yeah. I've not seen that many. I'm sure that there's like anaconda sequels where there's like three mm. anacondas. <laughs> I don't mm, know. Maybe. Tarantula? No, no. What's it? No, what's arachnophobia? Loads of spiders. <laughs> yeah. 
Mm. Eight-legged freaks. <laughs> I suppose, like, yeah, if you if you want to define it in you know uh, those terms, yes, there are creatures that are you know trying to kill people, but I I I I don't really know how to articulate it. Maybe it's that it doesn't feel exploitative uh i i don't really know um there's a certain uh high-end class to yeah. the whole production yeah, yeah so yeah. that probably helps yeah it, it feels much more like a um a legitimate kind of frankenstein parable rather than just yeah. like b-movie yeah fodder yeah yeah um yeah i think that's it i think we can rate mm-hmm. um it'd be 10 out of 10 from me it's pretty darn pretty darn great <laughs> Okay, well, I give it a nine. I give it a nine as well, but that's that's a high score. That mm-hmm. might be Alien. Alien levels as our top. <laughs> I think Alien was two tens and a nine. That might be our second highest rated though. There, Jurassic Park. But then, uh, the the fall <laughs> the fall from grace. Oh God! Now well, yeah. for these sequels, the, these were the films I was really looking forward to rewatching because I. Uh, hadn't watched a single one of these sequels since they came out in the cinema. Um, That's true for all of these films now. And obviously with this second one, when did it come out? Like 97, was it? Like four years later, I think. Yeah. Yeah. So Spielberg, he he was doing post-production on Jurassic Park whilst filming Schindler's List, Mm. and he completely burned himself out, like physically, emotionally. Uh, so he he didn't. The next film he directed was Jurassic Park two. So he took a couple of years off, mm. um, and you know apparently it's, you can forget that quickly how to direct a film. <laughs> well, <laughs> because he was different. He he's a changed filmmaker after Schindler's List. Like Jurassic Park is very much the end of you know Indiana Jones, E. T., mm. Jaws, Spielberg, and the start of Amistad. Spielberg. Mm. Socially aware Spielberg. Mm, mm, yeah. <laughs> and I think you can tell just by even the cinematography of The mm. Lost World is it's just it's a much darker film. Uh well it just it, it it the whole thing just felt like Spielberg was directing it over the phone. Like he just like he couldn't be asked turning up to set and mm. it was just really Apart from the final ten minutes, um, but mm. I guess we'll get to them in a minute. Like I remembered the film being not particularly good, but it was significantly worse than I remembered. It, like mm. it was, it's really bad. It's mm. really bad, um, mm. and I just don't know what they thought they were doing. I don't know why. Like Spielberg obviously didn't want to make it. Um, mm. I I've read like quotes with him where he basically says, "Yeah, I I had no interest in making the film after I signed on to do it, so I just had to get through it." I just <laughs> don't know what they what they were playing at. Like, get give it to Joe Johnston, give it to someone who's interested. It could have been good fun. Mm. Uh, mm. Well, that's the thing. Like, it's just such a joyless experience. Like, I think of all the wonder and fun and majesty of the first film it's all kind of gone here and it just it's a bit of a depressing drudge of a film but it's um, it's, it's just such a it's just such a pointless rehash of the first film it, it's it's mm. just really boring bland shit we've seen before like lukewarm um like reheating it like it's just and and then at the end there's like 
ten minutes when the film completely comes alive and that should have been the entire mm. plot. And I don't know what oh, they yeah. Yeah. thought they were doing, just tacking that yeah. on. Because the film pretty much ends and then starts again. And it's like it's almost like a little yeah. epilogue at the end. It and does it's... feel like a real afterthought, doesn't it? Yeah. In the uh, in the um, DVD extras, that that was one. That's the only bit that Spielberg sort of gets excited talking about having the T Rex on, you know, in a in a real human city. Um, so I, I I think that probably explains why that bit does feel like the film suddenly comes alive, and that yeah. should have been the whole film. They should have taken the dinosaurs to civilization. But that's it's because you're doing something different. I read that that's at the end because initially they were saving that as the plot for the third film, like dinosaurs oh. come to the you know the mainland. Mm. Um, but then Spielberg kind of went, you know what? I'm probably not going to direct another one, so let's put it mm-hmm. in this one. Because he just wanted mm. to do it himself, and it's like, well, just make that the whole film, and Spielberg, you ruined mm. it. Mm. Now, no, oh, Spielberg, what are you doing? Mm. God's sake. Um, Jeff Goldblum's <laughs> completely changed in this one too. He's not as fun as he used to be. Well, uh, you know, he's been through a life-changing event. Yeah. Well, true, true. I did like his introduction, where um, someone's screaming, and then they they like cut to him yawning. <laughs> nice little yeah. intro. <laughs> so Jeff Goldblum's character goes to see Richard Attenborough's character, uh, and he says, "Look, there's another island, ooh, and there's dinosaurs there, and they've been living in peace and harmony without man. And so we decided to send some people there. Uh, <laughs> and obviously, Ian Malcolm's like, "Well, I'm not going. That's ridiculous." And so. <laughs> So Richard Attenborough goes, well, your girlfriend's already there, so she's probably being eaten right now, and so mm-hmm. Ian Malcolm has to go. So Ian Malcolm goes with uh, a couple other guys, including Vince mm-hmm. Vaughn, of course, mm-hmm. uh, to what he is calling a rescue trip to find Julianne Moore. Somehow his daughter gets on the thing. <laughs> like that would Because mean you couldn't so possibly late. make one of these films without like a kid, basically. <laughs> Mm. Yeah, and you know how we said in the first film the kids were pretty good and not annoying? Mm. <laughs> Feels just not used. The kids are not used in this one at all. It's just something to make Ian Malcolm a bit more heightened every now and then, which doesn't I really just, need. I just don't understand the, the sort of executive mentality that there even has to be a kid there. I, I really don't think, if you made a Jurassic Park film without children in it, I really don't think you'd lose any like money because kids wouldn't be like wanting to go see the dinosaur spectacle movie. Marvel m- movies aren't like full of children, and you know kids love going to see them. Like I, it's they're there for the dinosaurs. I mean Spielberg, in it, he's got to put a kid in it. But if you're gonna do it, then use use it. My my note here says uh, that this film is painfully sequely so far. Um, like painfully mm. old school sequely before we got better at making sequels it's just like exposition mm. bending over backwards to justify why they're going to go and do the exact same thing that, that just mm. happened in the first film and haven't learned from it um, and it doesn't work at all yeah, uh, yeah. Mm. No, the, the idea that they're spending a little, this little group going in just to study them and like watch them or whatever is alright the conceit of the film is that uh, Hammond has lost control of his company, and so he's kind of very subtly played villain, mm. <laughs> uh, very discreet bad guy. Um, mm-hmm. 
uh, nephew, I think it is. He's taking yeah. over the company and he's going to exploit it for everything it's worth. And what I do like, the only character I do like in the second film is Pete Postlethwaite's character. Oh, yes. Because yes. He, he is the bad guy, like, oh, I'm just here to hunt kind of thing. But they, he, the way he plays it, is there's just enough there to make you guys just uh like he he's not just going in there to kill animals he's like he becomes one with nature and he's a hunter like a kind of do you know what i mean like he, yeah. he feels like he's part of that world and so he's allowed to hunt in the same way that t-rex would would hunt or something he, he should be south african as well <laughs> <laughs> they cut out um some of his motivation because towards yeah. the, when, when he leaves the film someone someone of his mates has been eaten and he's like oh no Dave's been eaten. I uh, I can't go on <laughs> doing this anymore. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. who? What, what's his name? <laughs> RJ. RJ. Yes, RJ's died. No, that's it. And it's like, who's RJ? Like, never. But <laughs> yeah, sure enough, there are deleted scenes of him and RJ, like, chatting and... Like, they are together when they're hunting and stuff. But yeah, you don't get this great bond between them. Yeah, no, exactly. Um, again, I would have been probably more than happy just to have the entire film about Pete Postlethwaite's... Uh, He's brilliant. And again, I think you can tell that Spielberg is in love with that actor and he has all these like soliloquies and speechifying all the time. And In terms of casting, I mean, I have to say, I, I think Julianne Moore's uh, an improvement over Laura Dern, personally. I, I love Julianne Moore. You see, I think Julianne Moore's a great actor. I think she's just out of place here. She doesn't fit in this character, in yeah. this world. I just like Julianne Moore. Yeah, I like her very much. I feel about Julianne Moore the way most people seem to feel about Laura Dern, where they're just happy that she showed up. I don't know who you've been talking to about Laura Dern. Oh. <laughs> Fairly uh, anonymous. I don't know, I, just, I <laughs> thought everyone was really into her in The Last Jedi. I've read all these yeah, things that were she's like... she's very good Ooh. in it. <laughs> um, Vince Vaughn. Should we talk about Vince Vaughn? Because this is when he thought he was a proper actor. Next year he was going to be in the Psycho remake. Wait, wait a minute. He was, a, <laughs> he was a proper actor. Do you know how he got this part? I read something about this. Oh, I don't know. Uh, in when they made Swingers, they wanted to use the Jaws music for something, like mm. just for some sort oh, of parody yeah. scene, and so they had to get permission to use it. So Spielberg said, "Well, I want to see what you're using it in, so I can, you know, see if it's mm. justified use." And so they showed him some of the film, and he went, "Look, guys, I'm not going to let you. I'm not going to let you use it. Sorry, mm. but this guy Vince Vaughn, I like him. He's a good actor. I'm going to use him in something." <laughs> and so he cast him in Jurassic Park too. What what about um does that mean Spielberg had to like sit down and approve the opening of like airplane and stuff like that? <laughs> I guess I don't know, I guess whoever has the rights to it, whatever. Maybe Spielberg certainly has it. the clout, I would imagine, mm. to Talking yeah. about music, the the score to this film is shite compared to uh the first mm. it's not even it's just not even a good score full stop, to be honest. It's just very it's that same was... theme over and over again, which I suppose is true of the first one, but it's just like a crap theme. Well, I think for for some of the big, like, um, bongos and all that, they were harkening back to Max Steiner, who scored King, King Kong. Kong. Yeah. 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 And, and a lot of it does feel very King Kong-esque, but that's what I liked that they avoided in the previous film. Exactly, so. and it just it feels really jarring to go to that place now when all they're yeah. doing is returning to the island. It's mm-hmm. it just doesn't. It's a different well. They're not returning island. to the island. A different, different island. island. The other island. They, they keep finding new islands, which is stupid. In yeah, this franchise, I hate. And it annoys me. Yeah. It makes no sense. So why does this other island exist? The uh, the eggs are the eggs are hatched on 
Can't do everything on one island. Well, what? why do they need to transfer them? Because we saw them being born on the other island yeah. in the last film, and then they're displayed that's, there in the last film, that's so just, they're that's, transported. That's part of the ride, though, isn't it? That's what people get to see when they come on the little tour. So this is just an island for the dinosaurs to roam around until their time comes to... You've got to have, like, a nursery island until they're fully grown and you can sort of put them into a... People want to see the baby dinosaurs, Alan. That's why you have a little section... It just seems like it. it isn't worth the effort to, like... Presumably they shipped these T-Rexes over and then had to ship them back yeah. to be displayed. Like, that seems like... Well, in fact, this film shows that shipping a T-Rex is not a good idea. Yeah. So why would you go to that effort? I just don't... I don't know why there's this need to... Like, just set it on the, the island from the first film. Who cares? Yeah. Like, I really don't know why they felt the need to go to a different island. It's Yeah, it's very strange. Now, do you know, did, did Sam Neill, like, refuse to come back or something? Like... They never asked him. Why? Like, what's the deal with that? Like... Well, I think Jeff Goldblum was the more fun character, and maybe Spielberg just felt that Sam Neill's arc was completed, mm. and him and Laura Dern could go off and have kids and be happy. I think uh, I think Sam Neill in the place of Jeff Goldblum in this film would make a lot more sense. The, the way that the characters yeah. actually used, like, yeah. the stuff that they do. Yeah, see, the thing is, like, Ian Malcolm as a character works as the sardonic guy on the side, where everyone's panicking, and he's like, well, come on, guys, stop panicking. Mm. Where he, when he's the one running around being the panicky one, it's not as fun. Can I, can I just read my notes for this one? Yeah, yeah. Because, Calvin, you, you've kind of subverted my expectations here. Uh, my notes oh, really? here are, this film sucks so far, I bet Calvin loves it. What? Uh, Why? Then, like, I bet Calvin thinks it's only one notch below the first. What? Then, uh, I bet it traumatized him as a child, but apparently. Oh, well, it did do that. Uh, (laughs) I don't know. It just, it, this just seems like you, you've got a thing for shit sequels to films that you like. You're very forgiving if it, like, you know, like Psycho 2. I don't know. I just thought this was going to be one of your, like, oh, it's good fun. It reminds me of the first one. Oh, the bit where the T Rex eats the dog. That's just not nice. Pre Schindler's List, Spielberg would never have done that. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I thought that as well. Hang on, mm-hmm. when, when did he make Temple of Doom? Eighty-five. No, but Temp- no, Temple of Doom was uh, George Lucas. They rip a man's heart out. Oh yeah, I guess that was Lucas to make. Yeah, but that was yeah. George Lucas going through his divorce. Um, my next note here is I don't even understand how this is Spielberg's doing. Uh. The film is so boring, I'm 50 minutes in and fuck all's happened, and what has mm. happened is just rehashing the first film. Uh, this is sub-Anaconda or something. I know the dinos get to the US, and even as a kid I thought, wow, this is happening late in the game, but fuck me, I'm an hour and 20 minutes into this film and they're still on the island. Mm. Feels like more CGI and less practical, this one. Did you guys get that? Like, mm. yeah. yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it didn't hold up. I think it's a big part of why this one just feels very flat and like lacking mm. magic that yeah. you know brings the first one alive. Really, it's just yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, this is the end of the film, and now we're getting an extra film on the end, like when you finish <laughs> the Elite Four and Pokemon Gold and Silver and go to Kanto. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> yes, exactly like that. <laughs> it does feel like this whole dinos in the USA is a is an afterthought. It's definitely. It feels like, yeah, this should be the film. What are we doing? Why? Yeah. This like this should have been twenty minutes in, and it's it's like two hours into the film at this point. Like you've had a feature run time. Like you've basically had all the story and arcs and stuff play out. It just mm. 
Yeah, the ending on the island is as conclusive as the ending of the original Jurassic yeah. Park. It's kind of mm-hmm. like, oh, look, okay, well, now we've done all this. We, we can get away. Let's get off. Uh, this film finally comes alive when the T-Rex runs amok in the city, but it's too little too late. It's the first time it's felt like Spielberg was having fun or even watching the rushes. They really skim over this uh, one bit where, in that sequence, uh, they've been building like a Jurassic Park in, like, is it San Diego where they are, I think? And we just get this yeah. overhead shot. I think it's just a model of a car, like, driving through it. And I, it's just it's such a shame because that's such, like, an interesting idea if they had mm. built the park in a city and what would that yeah. be? Uh, it's just such a shame. Like, these last 10 minutes, you get kind of excited about yeah. what the film could have been. And that's it, like, that's it. The whole thing just feels like such a missed opportunity because had that been the entire concept of the film, I I Mm. think it would have been really good fun. It It would have been enough of a a different flavour from the first one. Yeah, it Mm. it would have been probably not nearly as good a a film, like in a sort of proper film sense, but I think it would have been really good fun and Spielberg certainly seems like he would have brought his usual energy to it and because mm, mm. the last 10 minutes are good um, yeah just in a kind of sequence uh, you know taken out of context kind of way mm. they're, they're good fun they're quite inventive like you said there's a different flavour to it all mm. um, you, you need someone like Joe Dante to make something like that though with that mm. sort of that uh, ever so slightly macabre like sensibility yeah like you say the dog getting eaten um Mm. uh, and my last notes what a bag of absolute shit so (laughs) like isn't it is has there ever been a sequel to a film other than this where yeah there's been loads the subtitle (laughs) is the title and then the the franchise title is the subtitle there must have been oh the hunger games aren't they sort of like Mockingjay, semicolon, The Hunger Games, part four, or something. I don't know, I'm um, sure it has existed. I'm sure one of the Friday the 13th... No, not the Friday the 13th. Yeah, no, Friday the 13th have done it, I'm pretty sure. It's like Jason okay. Takes Manhattan, Friday the 13th, part eight. Okay. I think... But even then, uh, if it was The Lost World, colon, Jurassic Park 2, it would make more sense, <laughs> but it's it's just... It's such an odd name, this film. The Lost World... It bugs me as a title, just because it makes me think of the... Uh, was it H.G. Wells? Or? The, the actual yeah, the, world. Which... Yeah, it's Conan Doyle. Yeah, and the old like 1925 film. Yeah. Well, that's um, what it's hearkening back to. I know. That's, that's I know. the whole point. It's... I just think if you're gonna if you're gonna do a Tarantino and just crib a title from another story, um, at least change the spelling in a stupid way or something like that. Like, mm. pop a few extra U's in there. <laughs> um... I give it a three out of ten. It, same for me, yeah, three. Well, that's a, that's a little harsh, I think. I really don't think it is. It's a fucking yeah. dreadful film, and to be honest, I think yeah. I've been generous because the final ten minutes are fun, even though they've got nothing to do with the film and objectively shouldn't even be in the film. They should be on the cutting room floor because like, they've got nothing to do with the film. So I think that's generous, if anything. Well, I, I think it's a sort of fairly below average kind of film but there's definitely good bits to it i think acting is generally quite good or oh, i think it's got vince vaughn in it <laughs> <laughs> anyway i gave it six. Oh, god as a watchable but sort of below average blockbuster mm. now remember this listeners when we get to <laughs> jurassic world <laughs> just anticipating how that one's gonna go <laughs> oh but before that we have jurassic park three new director joe johnson 
Yeah. Once again, hadn't seen this since it came out in the cinema. Mm. Uh, but I had quite fond memories of going to see this in the cinema mm. as a as a an eleven year old. I, you know, I think it's perfect age to go and watch a load of bullshit about dinosaurs. Mm. Um, so it was one I was most looking forward to revisiting. Actually, this one's such a curious one. I don't know how much you know about the production history, but they like threw out the shooting script like something like five weeks before they were due to start oh, really? or something. Wow. Yeah, Joe Johnston just didn't like it. Was there a different? plot altogether then. Well, it was, like... it was sort, still sort of similar, I suppose. It was uh, something about, like, there was uh, all these rich families and their kids, and they were flying to a certain location, which just happened to be over the island, and all the kids were on one plane, and all the grown-ups were on another, and the kids' plane crashed, and then the grown-ups had to go and find them. So we have a much more scaled-down version of that, um, except mm. they put Alan Grant back in, which is... Uh, ah, yes. Yeah, which is key part of why I'm more on board with mm, this one. I, mm. I think it's great seeing him again. Oh, yeah, yeah, very he good. He brings a lot to uh, the proceedings. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, and he is, of course, opposite William H. Macy, who's brilliant, and I love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's nice to see him in a big film, because, you know, he's... Is it a big film? If uh, Not to uh, slight it. He is by William H. Macy's standards. <laughs> I'm always taken aback by how like scaled down this one feels. Yeah. It does feel like a sort of well, it's not quite like pilot for a TV show level, but it, it almost feels like it could have been a straight to video yeah. like sequel to the franchise, except yeah. the special effects are slightly too expensive. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's a bit harsh. No, no, no. I mean, I mean, well, no, I don't mean that in a bad no, way. No. You know, straight to video. I think it's, it feels scaled down in the sense of okay, let's focus more on these characters and be and kind of get a yeah if to make it different from the second one and it feels written to a smaller budget that's kind of what i think we're getting at mm. um yeah yeah maybe there's some pretty big stuff in there oh yeah yeah pretty i mean certainly and, and they've obviously got sam neil back and they've got like well he's expensive sam neil <laughs> well you know he's a level above uh straight to dvd or at this point i think he was <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah, my first note here really is people give this one shit after what I just watched. Outrageous. Because mm. I you hear a lot of people really lay into Jurassic Park 3. I, I've had this discussion with people before and I, I people seem to really have a problem with it. Mm. And have you watched The Lost World? It's, <laughs> it's so shit. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I definitely preferred this one to Lost World. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah. I felt like the, the structure of it was really solid. Like everything... Like the pacing and structure was great. It really mm, worked mm. as a as a story and what we were following, mm. and it all made sense. and And the, you've got the small number of characters, but they're well rounded, mm-hmm. yeah. distinct characters, decent acting mo- mostly. My my kind of major problem with it is there's not really enough jeopardy in it in terms of like none of these people are going to die. We know that. Mm. Like once you've taken out those, you you they they bring like these three kind of heavies along. Mm. Um, yeah. But then they kill them off too quickly, so there's not like so it's not like yeah. well one of those is gonna die later on or something like mm. that. Yeah. As as a kid, this film worked for me a lot more than it, it did now because the sort of th- there was more of a sense of hopelessness when like Sam Neil was tripped into being on the island that doesn't quite play as much now because you know looking at it through a child's eyes, you're like oh he's been tricked and I didn't see it coming and. Uh. <laughs> 
Um, but then also, like you say, that sense of jeopardy. When I was 11, I kind of thought, oh, but they could, anyone could die. It's dinosaurs. Mm-hmm. Whereas now you're kind of watching it from a, with a, a context hat on and you sort of think, yeah, like, of course, none of those characters are going to get killed. So, hmm. yeah, I think, uh, Sol, you mentioned on our Shallows episode about how that film mm. sort of represented for you sort of like the base of like what a film has to be to be like good. And I think. Jurassic Park 3 is mm. that for me it's like it's not fine it's good I I enjoy it very much mm. but it it's not there's nothing terribly special in it I can sit and watch it and it's an e- very easy like it's only like about 90 minutes long I think but uh, yeah. Oh, yeah that was a, it's about 82 minutes long it was brilliant <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like it's it's a lot more fun than the previous film it's also mm. a lot cheesier than anything mm. that had come before mm. in the franchise there's a lot of I mean, I think it's probably Joe Johnston, but mm. you know, like the the three is is like slashed onto the <laughs> title, and yeah. and there's all these like classified stamps appearing on screen early on, and and uh, there's far more practical effect work than CGI this time round. But all the puppets look really like wank yeah. and just not quite. Mm. Not right. quite <laughs> I'll tell you what: the first film managed to turn Velociraptors into this kind of huge like well-known thing like a t-rex was your big money dinosaur mm. and now suddenly velociraptors are like what everybody wants to be and i don't quite know why that is it's just they've created this myth of what a velociraptor is and then so that's followed through throughout the entire series and in jurassic world it's like that that's like the main thing and in jurassic park 3 they're like you can't just have velociraptors they have to be like super smart velociraptors like deep blue sea or something <laughs> and mm, so they're they yeah they have to really go on about how smart they are and how they're learning and stuff like that and my problem with that is that the the puppet work is too anthropomorphized it's kind of mm. feels like a human person puppeteering a thing rather than it being animalistic and it's something that jurassic world mm. will get onto really gets right they feel like animals even though they're smart and they're clever and the workers file it feels like they're animals mm. whereas in Jurassic Park 3 it feels like puppets being controlled by humans because you see you literally see them like turning to each other and go like hey shall we go and kill these guys and like gives a little wink and goes yeah okay you're waiting for the subtitles to yeah I want them to communicate like animals not like humans because they're super smart doesn't make them more human that's the crucial thing I think yeah that really annoyed me and I I sort of kept thinking like did I miss a line of dialogue about like some chemical that got released on the island that like a an alzheimer's drug they're testing with the dinosaurs and it's all gone yeah, wrong. yeah that's, that's just, I, I think what's really interesting and again this kind of it's particularly interesting that jurassic world went the route that it did because this is basically the exact same thing it's it's basically just how can we kind of remake jurassic park but pretend we're not mm. It is like a real rehash, but it, you know it's kind of done about as well as a, a complete and utter rehash could be. And it's just odd because Jurassic World really leans into that very consciously. Like we're just going to kind of do the same thing again. Mm. But well, Jurassic World brings back the central, uh, you know, the main premise of the theme park attractions go nuts and try to kill you, which the yeah. second and third mm. one don't really have. It is just people wandering around an island. Mm. Where you know dinosaurs are roaming, so yeah, and uh, so my notes are very positive up until this point. Um, I've written that it's a bit lame when that Deus Ex Machina kid comes to save mm. the day, but yeah. I love that trope of someone who's like survived and gone feral on the island kind of thing. So <laughs> <laughs> and that child grew up to be Robin Williams. <laughs> 
It's a good trope, that. More of that when we get to uh, the Predator franchise. Is this a good point to talk about? Uh, they try to uh, usher out the T-Rex in this one, and they give us the Spinosaur as the big... <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Dinosaur. It's just Jurassic World again. It's just some weird new dinosaur no one cares well, about. The difference is that this was an actual dinosaur. Like They obviously like went through their you know, um, encyclopedias to find something bigger. <laughs> uh and yeah, it's just not as cool, is it? It's not as good. They have it kill no, a T Rex, really. and it's yeah, a, a yeah. shame. My last note is it's a bit same old now. They're just drowning on a boat. <laughs> I started getting bored near the end. Mm. I was a lot more on board with the film up until that point. Mm. There is, of course, a sequence I haven't made any notes about where they go into a kind of oh god, what's it called? A, a room full of birds. Uh, oh yeah, aviary. aviary. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because yeah, we haven't had any flying dinosaurs in the series yet. Weirdly, I think there was one shot at the end of Lost World where they had one come in and do a roar. Uh, uh, but that was it. Okay. Yeah, they're um, quite cool though. They look pretty scary. I think this sequence was supposed to be in either the first one or the second one, but it, it was something that the effects mm. weren't as good as they had to be, or something. So they postponed. Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's a good sense. sequence. Now you talked about how the other two films just sort of ended. This one really does just end yeah. like they get yeah, to a beach jarring. and there's a man there it's like right well here we are here we are off we go it's very kind of Chekhov's gun as well that like oh let's just quickly establish Laura Dern as ties to the military now <laughs> so that we can justify the army showing up at the end of the film okay how did you Great. two feel about Sam Neill and Laura Dern not being together anymore because I hate it. It really bothers me that she's now love with it. someone else and has a family. I like and... it. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> no, I, I hated it. I love it. I, th- I like because it feels much more real to me. <laughs> That's it. It's a lot more real and it means we don't have Laura Dern tagging along the whole film because just bring it He doesn't down. want kids. He doesn't want a family. His whole arc in the first film was about coming to, you know, maybe possibly want to have kids someday and yeah, and then he got back out, got back into the real world and was like, oh no, hang on. <laughs> no, you know what? What I would have done, what I would have preferred would be if that kid that Laura Dern has was Sam Neill's kid, but she's kid. with someone else now. Ooh. So, like, they had a kid together, didn't work out. Oh, that would have been good. Well, I, I, I just I just implied that on it. Like, my, my, I inferred that from it. Uh, mm. In fact, I, I assumed that he was there, like, while the husband was at work. <laughs> and they were just every now and then they just hook up, and then the husband would come home and go, "Oh, hello, Alan. Oh, nice to see you again." He's like, "Oh yeah, I just popped in five minutes ago." <laughs> <laughs> he he goes, "Oh yeah, I've just been uh, I've just been showing Ellie uh, my my special bone," and winks at her. <laughs> uh, I don't really have anything else to say. I I, I quite enjoy this one, but it kind of just begins to lose the energy towards the end, and I get a bit bored of it. I, I yeah yeah it is what it is. It, it's it's fine. It's good, but probably nothing more yeah. than that. I find it a little bit more like the whole thing with William H Macy and Taylor Leone, like kind of falling in love again and all that sort of bullshit. Mm. I would have preferred if they were just like a bickering couple the whole way through. I know, I know. Each other. I, I, it would have been a lot funnier. <laughs> and then the kid like reunites them, and then they're immediately sort of like start arguing over whose fault it was that he was on this island. Ratings. It's a C- uh, six, six. <laughs> yeah, I give it a six. I give it a seven. Hmm. Hmm. That's fair. I think. Um. Right. So it took them a long time, fourteen years, but we eventually got another 
film, Jurassic World. Yeah. Can we can we talk about or shall we talk about the development that like the many many yes. hundreds of versions of this film we were going to get? Before? Yeah, yeah. Why not? Let's have some highlights. I know that there was one where they were going to like uh, create weird soldier dinosaur hybrid yeah. creatures. Well, basically, it just it seemed like they realized that we're just rehashing the same stuff. We've got to come up with something original, mm. and they just kind of went off the rails. And there are all these just absolutely absurd sounding films that were going to be made that were perhaps like logical next steps in one form or another but completely lost the heart of what the franchise is so they would have made it and people would have been furious like well what the what the hell was the point in that and yeah the 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 most infamous ones the one that you've just mentioned with the human dinosaur hybrid mutants being (laughs) created see i think that's really what you need that's what it needs that'd be great well, this is it. I I remember when 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 I heard this was in develop like this was happening because at one point they were moving ahead with that script with weaponized dinosaurs that the military were using with guns strapped to their heads mm. and human dinosaur hybrids and and this and that and it just sounded absolutely batshit mental and I just, <laughs> I couldn't wait. I was like, oh my god, this this just sounds like they're they're doing snakes on a plane, but. Uh, the Jurassic Park like version like why not at this point just make it a big you know joke of it's <laughs> about like like Jaws three people zero or whatever it was going to be just just lean into it and be silly but Spielberg put his foot down at some point and was like no, no it's got to be a proper film and then there, at one point they were going to do a film that was um, going to be kind of like outbreak um, about some latent virus that ancient virus finding um, life again in the dinosaur hosts, even though they're like not actually from the past. They've been genetically engineered so that, Hmm. I don't know, might have been a bit weird, but I'm sure they could write their way around that. Uh, And so it was going to be a kind of plague like movie, contagion kind of film with Hmm. humans worrying about this new virus and Hmm. I'm sure they would have worked the dinosaurs in more heavily than it sounds. Maybe they have to go to the island to get the cure or something like that. But there were all sorts of weird things like that being thrown around before they landed on... I know, let's just remake the first film. (laughs) But pretend it's not. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so Jurassic World is just... Look, it's been long enough since we did Jurassic Park. We can just do it again. It'll be fine. Hmm. Well, no, I think yes. I think they go one better actually. Like I mentioned this in Jurassic Park, but they actually make it a proper working theme park this time. It's like yeah. I think yeah, I, nice. I was probably uh, helped in my initial viewing because when I first saw Jurassic World, I'd literally the week before just come back from Disney World from a family trip there, and just seeing all of the similarities, you could tell that they'd probably gone to actual theme parks and done research and thought logically. Okay, if this is a working theme park with dinosaurs, how is this gonna? You know, there's rides and gift yeah. shops and sponsorships and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it, like, it makes nice. sense. Well, I, I'm I'm going to jump straight into my thesis for this film, <laughs> um, which is that I, I'm convinced this film is a comedy and is meant as a comedy. And it's kind of gone by as a, a, a serious film mm. somehow. Because Okay, go on then. Well, th- this is the first point, is that so much of the theme park stuff feels very satirical. You've got... You've got the the massive um, what are they call lipleridon, whatever the the sort of underwater thing is, 
doing like tricks as if it was a seal jumping out of the water. Oh, the mosasaur, mosasaurus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and there's like a splash zone and people just clapping and going, huh. hmm. and that but that why? feels really tongue in cheek. Why is that satire and not? Just an accurate reflection of what happens in theme parks yeah. and SeaWorld. Like, that like is SeaWorld. That. that is exactly what they do. Because they've taken... The first film wasn't that much like a theme park. And they've kind of been like, well, no, what if it was a bit more actually what a theme park was like? And it was this crass commercial thing. And it's... I mean, that's a sight gag when you see that happen. Um, that is meant to be kind of humorous, isn't it? That thing, that yeah. huge No, thing I think it's meant to be go, oh, it's like when I went to see the killer whales and they had a splash zone. Yeah, it's just meant to be. Oh yeah, well, yeah, okay, I get it. But it's it is a, a little park, gag, but like, isn't it's it? a bit bigger. It's, it's a gag that it's eating a great white shark. I think like that's sort yeah, of nice Spielberg an element of it's imitating life. It's just, but it's making everything bigger, and it's saying that that's what satire is. You... Well, no, you've got to at least subvert it in some way. Well, they are. There's dinosaurs doing. I it think that the... that's the whole point is that these dinosaurs have been normalized. People just go and see them like exactly. it's a zoo. Exactly that's not satire. That's well, the whole that's, setup no, of that the is. thing. It's, it's, it's a comment on how quick we are to move on and get bored with things, mm, and mm. it's a dig at that, if anything. I, yeah, I, I, I mean, yeah, it, they do. You they get do. a sense. Look, they've had to. This this initially the first film was just look at dinosaurs, and people were fascinated by that, mm. and that's not enough now. And I think again, that's a very. There's kind definitely of... lots of elements in here that that is kind of knowingly nodding, like basically saying. Look, we have to create new dinosaurs because these ones don't excite people. Which, in the same way that they, they're saying, look, in this film, we can't just have a T Rex again because yeah. you're not going to be happy with that because you've seen Jurassic Park. Mm, so exactly. yeah, that but... in that sense, it's kind of a self. No, I, I'm not sure if I would use the word satire, but there's a, yeah, very much a self-knowing uh, nod to things. Mm. Yeah, it's a very meta um, streak through the film with that sort of stuff and all the kind of knowing references to the first film. There's a scene where the guy's wearing a. Jurassic Park t-shirt from mm-hmm. the original theme park he got on eBay and then his boss chews him out for it and mm-hmm. there's loads but of that, that stuff. Yeah. That that just feels like a self-referential rather than. And it's not it doesn't it's not holding it up to ridicule. It's just it's it's not satirizing it. It's just kind of commenting on it. No, I know. Uh, that's that's a different that's a different feather in its cap to the satirical um Vein. Well, I don't think it's satirical. The satirical vein <laughs> and then there's a meta vein. So that's two veins on the the comedy dick. Of this <laughs> film, <laughs> it's not funny though. The sense of humor is just weak. I think it's funny. So the cast in this film. Do you guys want to guess who my favorite cast member in the entire Jurassic Park franchise is? Uh, Actually, no. Jeff Goldblum. Other than Jeff Goldblum, uh, is it Vincent D'Onofrio? No. Uh, Ifran Khan is it the guy who's looking after the sick Triceratops. In the first no. Oh no, I know it, who it is. It's going to be the guy who's uh, running the gyrosphere ride, isn't it? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. <laughs> Judy Greer. She plays the mum. Oh, right. I love Judy Greer. Can we get her on the island for the next film? That's what I want. I don't think the kids are in the next get film. Get more of her in it. No, but get Judy Greer on. I don't think she's in it. She's Bryce Dallas's uh, sister. Yeah, but she's she? not in so it. Easy to write her into it. Yeah, but she's not. They haven't. <laughs> yeah, well... They should. You're going to love the Halloween remake when that comes around. Well, not remake. <laughs> Judy Greer. In, yeah, she's in... playing Jamie Lee Curtis's daughter. Oh, cool. Brilliant. Um, I love Judy Greer. Anyway, so now that we've talked about Judy Greer, <laughs> should we talk about Chris Pratt and uh, <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard, the new leads? All right. So, so um, again, again, uh, comedy casting throughout the film. Judy Greer, known for her um, 
comedy work on the likes of Arrested Development, Archer, uh, sitcom star Chris Pratt, uh, best known for uh, Parks and Recreation uh, you, prior so, to Guardians. Sorry, just, just, just on that. I mean, Judy Greer has no like comedy bits. Like, she has no excuse to be like. They could have cast pretty much anyone in that part who looked sort of vaguely similar to Bryce Dallas Howard. Well, it's, it's telling, isn't it? It's just comedy actors everywhere. The dad does comedy as well, actually. Um, the fact that Chris Pratt, Chris Pratt is in this and comedy star is really not allowed to be Chris Pratt and comedy. And I, I suspect in the sequel mm. we're going to get a lot more mm. Star-Lord Chris Pratt because that is now popular. Yeah. Um, and I there'll be a lot more little ad-libbing gags and little bits of like throwaway lines that he does. Well, in the trailer there's at least two, and that's more than in Jurassic World. But in this, he's playing it straight. He's playing it totally straight. No, I agree. It was, it was weird. And it doesn't quite work because you don't feel like Chris Pratt letting go. Feel like Chris Platt playing a character that it doesn't particularly fit him. Am I right in thinking that he was cast off the back of being cast in Guardians of the Galaxy, but it hadn't come out yet? So it was they something hadn't like quite that. Yeah. Twigged to him being that charming, yeah. quirky. I think so. Okay. Yeah. And it really needs what this film really needs is for that character to be let go, let him have the the charming nature that Chris Pratt brings to it. It feels like he's he's too manacled. I agree. Right, I and he do, you get these little moments of it, but you don't like it's not full Chris Pratt. I think he's fine. I wouldn't have really wanted full Chris Pratt to be honest. Uh, well, you're gonna get it in the sequel. So yeah, I'm sure I am. <laughs> I think you kind of want to split the difference between what we got here and full Chris Pratt. Just to I don't know. I, I think mm. the character could really have done with being a bit more. They're, he's a bit too like B movie po faced, and it just comes across yeah. as like shit in certain scenes. Mm. <laughs> That's basically it. I think if there was more levity to what he was doing, if he was doing it like like if Jeff Goldblum was in that role, it would be spot on. That's you know that little <laughs> wink, in a, twink, twinkle in his eye. <laughs> um, so Bryce Dallas Howard, yes, she plays um. A, a cow. <laughs> She's a frosty old cow yeah, that yeah. nobody likes. Yeah. Uh, and by the end of the film, she learns that love conquers everything. I guess she's the one with the character <laughs> arc in this, and she, you know, there's there's the obvious visual metaphors of her, like you know, she wears this white suit and high heels, and slowly that suit is shed and adapted to the physical stuff that she's having to do. And I think, well, her character turning point is, I suppose, when she sees the uh, dying brachiosaur or whatever it is with the long neck and. That's mm. a, sort of an emotional moment for her. Mm. She just needs to learn to loosen up, settle down, and have some kids, like a good well, woman I th- should. Well, I think she, I think she, stop n- thinking she, about your job, love. I think she needs to learn that these. She talks about the dinosaurs as you know assets and uh, creations, and not necessarily as like living, breathing yeah. creatures. Uh, and through the course of the film, she of course comes to understand that. It got a lot of accusations of sexism on the part of uh, oh. her character. Really? Uh, so, as three as three men, should we should we talk about that? <laughs> uh, no. <laughs> I think the idea was that oh, she's such a an uptight, you know, bitch career woman. Oh, and and it's and I I don't think that's quite fair because that is her arc that yeah. she's like. Scroo- Bill Murray and Scrooge, right? He's got to, he's got to stop being a dick and become a nice guy. That's that's the standard arc of films <laughs> like this. 
Um, but then there is that undercurrent of what Alan was just talking about, which is the kind of, yeah, but she's got to kind of learn to settle down and be a mum and have kids. But I don't know. I, I, I think the film kind of goes out of its way to to give us a strong female protagonist in the form of her. So yeah. I, I... Mm, is she, why is she a strong protagonist? I think well, she, she's the one with an arc. She's Chris Pratt. She's very capable of, of getting stuck in and doing shit, you know. Mm. She doesn't just sit around, do it like she saves the day. She goes to get the T-Rex with the flare. Mm. She wow, snaps her heels off so she can run. Does she? I thought she was running in heels. Yeah, she's running doesn't in she heels. Snap, doesn't she take them off and snap the uh No, the that's heels a different off? film. <laughs> that does happen in a film. I can't remember what, but someone does that. Mm. Is that not this film? But yeah, no, she's running in heels. There's literally a close-up of yeah. the heels running when she's running away from the T-Rex. Isn't there a scene where Chris Pratt's like, look, your shoes are completely inappropriate. Yeah. And she goes, oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, and she goes, shut up. Yeah, she goes, for fuck's sake, and then, no, 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 she, she takes, she like, modifies her jacket. Uh, oh, she like rolls up the sleeves that. and ties it and whatever. So she looks like Laura Dern. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Never thought about that. Um, B.D. Wong returns yes. from the first film. We haven't really talked about him. I didn't even realise he was in the first film when I watched this in the cinema. I mm. just thought it was some guy. Mm. But then I watched all of them and I was like, oh, it's that guy from the film. Okay. I think that's quite cool. Because <laughs> he's not like a, yeah. a huge star, I don't think. I don't know if many people would even know. that You could have just cast anyone in that part. But that they made that connection is uh, quite nice, I thought. And he's obviously going to be in the sequel. And... Um... Mm. It's all right. It's a nice touch. Who else we got? Uh, Lauren Lapkus, another comedy star, just chucked in for some jokes. Lauren Lapkus. Who? Comedian Lauren Lapkus. Who? <laughs> she she's the one in that scene when the guy's like trying to kiss her, and she's like, "I've got a boyfriend." Oh, I like her. She's in Orange Is the New Black. Well, those two characters are the definitely the we're going to be the comedy characters. Yeah. Um, and it's all quite weak. You know, and the guy, what's his name? Well, he, but he's obviously there as the comic relief. Mm. It's all so painfully self-referential and it it feels too on the nose. It feels like it's trying too hard. I don't mind it. I don't love it. I don't like mind it. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to give it like the comedy award for <laughs> great humour, but... I'm not giving it an award for great humour. I'm just noting that another comedy actor in the film. Okay. Can we talk a little bit about Vincent D'Onofrio? Oh, okay, yeah. Because his character is sort of positioned as uh, antagonist. Yeah, comedy star Zenofrio <laughs> from Men in Black. He's he's the guy who, comedy villain. He's the guy who's uh, thinks that the theme park is all a terrible idea, and he wants to use the raptors for military purposes. He's very interested in training them for that. I was flabbergasted when I got into this film, and I was like, "Oh, that made it in from that earlier draft, did it? The, <laughs> the, the military uh, weaponizing dinosaurs." How would a Velociraptor be any use in her battle situation? That's what I want to know. Well, they can't be hacked like drones. They can go in caves. They can be shot, though. They can be shot quite <laughs> quickly and efficiently. Well, they train dolphins to do fight like, terrorists shit with submarines back in. Uh, was that during World War Two? Like, they def- there's a precedent for training animals to help. Yeah, but he's not ones. saying he's not saying we're gonna. I don't know. Use them as spies, <laughs> like teach them how to do a German accent. They they're just gonna like have them run at people. I don't know. Like that's better than it, having a human run at people, isn't it? Well, they don't do that either because it's a terrible idea. Because <laughs> they just get shot immediately. 
I also feel like Velociraptors are probably quite expensive to make. <laughs> <laughs> and you could probably get about a million men for that. My major problem with this is that, you know, they, they decide to set the Velociraptors out to try and catch this thing, mm. which doesn't make any sense because it's like 20 times the size of them anyway. But that's seen as like a terrible idea. Like, well, you're just letting out more dinosaurs. Ridiculous. But the end result of this, the big heroic thing they do, is set the Tyrannosaurus Rex free in order to fight it. Mm, that's it's true, exactly really. the same thing, except more sensible, because at least it has a chance. Mm, that's true, mm. actually. I never considered that. And <laughs> that's that's the hero hero move. That T-Rex is still knocking about. Yeah. yeah. It's just it's just look, the the end. The T-Rex fights this thing, kills it, and then instead of just going, oh, look, some people there, I'll eat them as well. <laughs> goes, oh, I'm a bit knackered now, I'm going to have a little sit down. <laughs> Have we seen anything to suggest that that T Rex isn't very aware, good guy? Because it only ever ate, it only ate the one person in the first film, didn't it? The the and he was a bad guy. He was a twat. Oh, so the T Rex was like, oh god, I hate lawyers. <laughs> Don't you just hate lawyers, guys? Even though they're just doing their job. And then it, yeah, and it saved them at the end. It, it 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 came to save the day at the end. It like saved the humans. So I think it was a misunderstood. Is it even the same T Rex? Yeah. I think it's meant to be, isn't it? Well, there were two different ones in The Lost World. I'm I'm almost certain they're on record saying that the T-Rex and Jurassic World is the uh, the same one from the... Oh, yeah, hmm. okay. It's meant, to, it's meant to be this kind of character cameo return, almost. I think there's like a scratch on it from the first film or something. Well, I guess she does still like the flares, so... Mm. Yeah. Um, and uh, just going back to the cast again, um, can we mention that Zara... <laughs> God, why are you talking about everyone except the actual stars? Which one's Zara? <laughs> well, we've covered the stars. Oh, not the kids. Zara is... I don't know. She, I, she's like a really fucking weird, jarring presence in the film. That's why I want to talk about her. I don't like her being in the film. I don't like her casting. She's the incredibly over-the-top British accented ah, the um, pe- assistant right. to Bryce. Oh, she has the best death in the film. Well, even that death's really odd and incongruous. It is, yeah. It's completely out of... It's like, it's unusually uh, malicious, and she hasn't really done anything to deserve it, and it feels kind of weird in this franchise that that's there. It is such a mean thing, because she gets picked up by one of the pterodactyls that have escaped, and then they're like, fighting over her. It's so lingering. They really she falls in the yeah. water and then they're still like That's it. going she suffers. And then <laughs> she the really suffers. giant mosasaur comes and I guess eats her in one, which implies an even more sort of slow and painful death. Uh, and she's being like drowned as well, let's not forget yeah. throughout all this. Like it's it's a really oddly just out of place weird death. It's a kind of death you'd reserve for like the worst of the worst villain yeah. character and it's not even just the mean, it's just the graphic nature of it, and the screaming and all this. It's, it is out of totally out of context. That is my favourite scene in the whole film, though, when the pterodactyls <laughs> attack the park. Like, that's what I was wanting from the, like, a proper theme park where the attractions yeah. go crazy and start attacking people. That's brilliant. But that, that's, I, was, I think I feel like that doesn't quite go far enough as well, because I if agree. you're going to do the bit where, hey, we've got 20,000 people in a, in a theme park yeah. and they get attacked by dinosaurs, then let's do that. Let's yeah. see it. Let's, yeah. let's see what happens. That's it. You, you, get, you get like three minute sequence of that and then it's kind of dealt with and that should have been a big, big, big part of the film, dealing with the mm. hordes of survivors and, and mm. you know, it should have been that chaos. But I mean, chaos. yeah, I like that sequence. It, like you say, it's kind of what everyone was waiting for. Mm. 
I mean, it should have been it should have been like the book I loved as a kid called "When Dinosaurs Come to Town," and it's a picture book, and it's like it's like you know just people like you guy look opening his bathroom, and in the bathtub there's like some little water dinosaurs that have come out, and and then he looks out the window, and there's a long neck looking in, and huh. he's like, oh, there's dinosaurs everywhere. <laughs> opening the cupboards, there's dinosaurs eating the food. And that's what the film should have been like. All the people like trying to be like, ah, run over here! Oh god, there's a dinosaur in the coming out the drain. <laughs> that would have been a good comedy moment if they go to hide in uh, hide in a cupboard and there's a pterodactyl in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could, could picture it now. <laughs> Is this film set in the future? Because they've got some like really elaborate sci-fi technology. Is that just because like be what beyond bringing dinos- dinosaurs to life? Yeah, but you know that was done in quite a grounded way, and that was the only like the one thing that they'd kind of that was the one element of you know fantastical in the first film. Whereas in this one, they've just got like crazy glass balls that we can drive around and like weird three D like shit. And I don't know, it's kind of odd. No. Alright, here's, here's part of my um part of my thesis that this is a a a, a satirical comedy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, go on. So uh, near the start we've got um the theme from Jurassic Park back again, the the same exact theme tune, and it's coming in, everyone's like, Oh god, I love this music. I remember this. And like as it crescendos, it's just as the kid throws the doors open, but this time Instead of marveling at the dinosaurs, we're literally just marveling at shots of the theme park itself. Mm. Like it's it's like a it's about it, it's a comment on on like consumerism and stuff, isn't it? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. It's not about the dinosaurs walking in herds. It's like no, no, it's going. Oh. Look how amazing and wonderful this theme park is. Look how exactly. great our effects are. Yeah. In the first film, it was like they do walk in herds. Look at all these dinosaurs. It's amazing. And then this one, it's like. Look, you can get a burger and a massive fizzy drink, and they have and... a Starbucks. Yeah, is that... I think that's a very <laughs> conscious like thing. Oh, I think it's got. a very conscious decision to go. Oh, the theme park would have a McDonald's and a Starbucks or whatever. Yeah, Pepsi sauce. I don't think it's going. Do 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 Starbucks. Do do do. It's not doing that. It's going. Oh my god! Look at this amazing vista we've created in a computer where it's like a big theme park. It's amazing, isn't it? We're supposed to be genuinely wondering it. At how good it is and how amazing it looks, in the same way you were supposed to look at a dinosaur that way. Isn't that a comment in itself? Yeah, no, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. It's not. It well, if it it might be, we might be able to look at that and go, "Oh, that's well, that's what filmmakers revel in these days." But it's not a deliberate choice by the filmmakers to go. This we're satirizing ourselves. I don't know. I think it is. No, I don't think it is. The director's one previous film was a comedy. Let's not forget "Safety Not Guaranteed." A comedy that plays with uh, audience expectation. Hmm. You know, you know that Colin Trevorrow apparently kind of got this gig like he kind of looked out really because like Brad Bird was supposed to direct it according to the um, oh really? Wikipedia page anyway, but he he <laughs> was too busy on Tomorrowland. Um, so what the what what happened was that Brad Bird suggested that uh, Kathleen Kennedy employ. Colin Trevorrow to work as sort of like you know a stand-in director for the pre-production stuff, um, and then yeah, obviously Brad Bird didn't go and do it, and then I think I think Trevorrow was only supposed to do like for you know second unit work or something, and he was like a temporary mm. first unit director, but then he like yeah ended up doing the whole thing. 
I think he did a decent job. Yeah, I think he did very good. I, yeah. Pacing-wise, I think the film kind of grinds to a halt after the pterodactyls have escaped and uh, run yeah. loose. Because there's this weird bit, like, just before they decide to set the raptors on the uh, Indominus Rex, where it just kind of plateaus for a bit, and it's like, where is this going? And then it just sort of fumbles around for the last half an hour. I think, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. structurally the thing works, you know what I mean? It, it rolls on. It, but mm. my problem with it is that there's no personality to it. The characters are quite weak. They're not very engaging. I just Especially when you've got someone like Chris Pratt. It needs to be more. Mm. There's plot points just dropped in out of nowhere and then lost again. Like, oh, parents are getting divorced. I'm upset about that. Okay, we'll not mention that again. It's like... Uh, it's like, how different how is how is that different to I've got the test results back I've definitely got breast cancer <laughs> <laughs> I think the difference is and I'm not saying this in the defense I'm saying it just to try and explain why I think that's happened what that is most likely is that um this was conceived as part one of a trilogy and they've been very they keep going on and on about how they're conceiving of all the characters' arcs across three films, and they're going to... The kids aren't in blah, the blah, next blah, 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 one. Blah. Are they not? No. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, I like it, because it. I think the stuff with the kids' divorced parents is fine, because these, uh, the, these two lads, they don't get along very well. One of them's a bit older and is just creepily eyeing up girls throughout the park. The other one's, I, I think, kind of autistic or, or something like that. Uh, and it, oh, dude, that wasn't funny. That was just, what? I think he is. No, no, I'm lo- I didn't get that from to, it at why all. Why is he supposed to be autistic? Yeah, where like, where have you got from? that from? Because he's always spouting off, like, facts and stuff. And he's, uh, even at the end well, when... Kids he, like dinosaurs. Well, yeah, but even, like, at the end, he's, like, counting the teeth on the Indominus Rex. And he's like, teeth, we need more teeth. And, uh, yeah, no, I, I gathered that he was... Uh, very smart. He knows all the dinosaurs' names and everything. Um, yeah, but no, but he's, he's... I don't think they're making autistic. It's just it's just crap writing. Mm, any, anyway, just make oh, well, let's have a pr- prodigious kid like every other kid in Hollywood. He's a very emotional child for a star, which um, would go against mm. typical portrayals of autism. Anyway, um, I think the divorced parents thing works to sort of bring those two closer together and kind of. It's what inspires the elder one to like go off road with the younger one because he wants to cheer him up. Um, yeah, that's it, true. there is cause and effect. Yeah, it, it definitely does factor into their dynamic as siblings. You know, what I really like is Chris Pratt as a dinosaur trainer, just in concept, um, and it's such a great element to chuck into the film. Mm. He's training mm. all the dinosaurs. Yeah. It's an extension of everything we've kind of seen in the previous films to a point. It makes perfect sense within this this world. It's also a, a really like is there is there a name for that almost like self parody like B movie kind of stuff you get to in film some like Army of Darkness does it full mm. on where something's so overtly like quote unquote cool that it, it just becomes like so ridiculous that it's just funny. Uh like Samuel L. Jackson's career. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Because hmm. I think that really is what when when we get to the realm of Chris Pratt riding fucking motorbikes with raptors running alongside him. That yeah. is, there's no way. Well, that's that... it. I think they're they're playing it completely straight. They are. I don't think they are. It's a big summer blockbuster. That's what they do. I don't know. I'm with Sol on this one. I I think you can take uh... you can infer tongue in cheek. Like it's not calling itself yes. out on like how ridiculous it is. But there's like a bit when like Chris Pratt's sort of looking around and he like has a moment where they close up on him and he smirks. And I think that's kind of that's a little nudge, yeah. Because like, even he's sort of like, 
oh, this is kind of ridiculous, but quite cool as well. No. Yeah, exactly. They've got him as the Alpha Raptor, and he's on a motorbike driving through a forest with his Velociraptor buddies running on his side. There's no, there's no satire to it. They genuinely did that. And there's no payoff here where that is a joke. That's Well, no, that's not satire, but I think it's in the realm of self-parody. It's exactly mm. the sort of thing you would get Ash doing in Evil Dead 4 if it had dinosaurs in it. I don't think it is. I think it's, I think it's completely legitimately this is what we're doing in a summer blockbuster now because we're doing a film about dinosaurs. Put it this way, an, an average audience member watching this film, would they look at that and think it's a joke, or would they look at that and go, oh yeah, he's riding a motorbike and he's dinosaurs, cool. Well, yeah, but what an average audience member would think, I mean, people perceive things yeah, differently, exactly. but I, I don't think that... I think they made it knowingly, like, well, this will play on two levels. Yeah. I, I completely disagree. I think you're giving them far too much credit. And I haven't seen anything in this film that just justifies your argument. Okay, well, c- can we talk about the Indominus Rex then? Because I think that's the most obvious uh, element of satire and self-referential-ness um, in there. So obviously they they have... Uh, the park attendants are going down, people are bored of dinosaurs, so they decide they are going to create their own dinosaur, which is a bit of all these different things, but mostly like part raptor, part T-Rex. Um, that's quite clearly... A self-referential, like, yeah, people are bored of dinosaur films. Like, what are we gonna, what are we gonna do? They've seen it all now. What can we yeah. do? Okay, we need to build this new thing. They practically have a conversation at one point when they're like, obviously, you know, Tyrannosaurus Rex One was the best, but I've got a soft spot for Tyrannosaurus Rex Three. Uh, the less said about Tyrannosaurus, Tyrannosaurus Rex Two, the better. We'll just forget that one. I can't believe that was the same guy who made the. The second Tyrannosaurus Rex, who made the first one, actually. I just can't believe that. You wouldn't have thought it. But um, but I'm really excited about Tyrannosaurus Rex 4, <laughs> Abdominus Rex, or whatever. Like, it, it's mm. it's so, like, on the... Um, you know, it, yeah, they know what they're doing. Mm, mm. I, I agree that it's ridiculous. I just think they're being serious with it. Playing it seriously is, you know, that can be the joke in of itself as well. It's like Will Ferrell and Kristen Wiig made that Lifetime movie and they just played the whole thing completely straight, and that was the joke. <laughs> it mm. was just a really melodramatic shit film that they were in for no reason, but that's like kind of really funny. And I think there's, you know, that's that's a form of comedy, and I think this um, film knows what it's doing. I, I really do. Mm, I, don't, I think at best it's a director who's going, okay, this is a bit silly, a full-on action film, so if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it full-on. And like just completely sell it. At the end of the film, the big fight, it, it it descends into Godzilla kaiju stuff with two like massive dinosaurs battling, which again is just like so like absurd and over the top, but like funny in of its own. But then they just start. So why throwing is it funny extra... in this, but not in Jurassic Park three? But but then as if that wasn't funny enough, the way it's staged, like Godzilla and so on, with them smashing into buildings you start throwing in extra dinosaurs and you've got like five dinosaurs on top of each other and then there's the running gag of that big thing jumping out of the water and eating stuff, right? Comedy rule of three. You've had one where it's doing the the Sea World-like show. (laughs) You've had Mm. two where it eats that British woman and then out of fucking nowhere it jumps out of the water and eats everything and it's like, comedy rule of three, hilarious, hat trick, boom. Because it's so absurd that's not none of those things are funny though. It is because it's so fucking ridiculous. It's like what you you've got two dinosaurs fighting, chuck some raptors on it. 
look, there's like 10 dinosaurs rolling around in a pile of dinosaurs. This is so stupid. Oh my god, this dinosaur's just jumping out of the water that I didn't even realise was there. And eating the... Like, it, it's stupid. It's so stupid. They know what they're doing. Seriously, I, I'm convinced that Colin Trevor. I agree. I agree. It's stupid, but stupid well within the realms of Hollywood blockbuster, and we have to go big. We have to go spectacle. Last film, we had two dinosaurs fighting. Now we have to have five dinosaurs fighting. Think stupid thing that really annoyed me was after that battle when like the T Rex and the Raptor look at each other, and they're both just like, (laughs) and there's like a moment of like (laughs) respect between the two of them. It's the only time in I think this film that it becomes a little bit too uh, anthropomorphized, other than the uh, Indominus Rex, where you can sort of make excuses for that. Yeah, what we haven't really talked about are the effects in Jurassic World. Obviously, things have moved on considerably. CGI is now hot shit, mm. and um, it looks really great. It's pretty seamless, isn't yeah. it? It's, yeah, it's amazing. It looks stuff, fantastic. Really. A lot of motion capture stuff, apparently, as well, oh, with actors really? sort of being animalistic. Oh, interesting. And... I know that they didn't have many um, actual animatronics in this one. Mm. I think that the Brontosaurus, Brachiosaurus, whatever it is, the dying, big, long-necked dinosaur that Bryce Dallas Howard has a yeah, character moment with, that is that a, a model. Yeah. I think they said that yeah. they want to do more for the next one. Okay. I think the the scene with the raptor's head in like a little thing, so they can kind of stroke it, is that that was a puppet, yeah, right? Yeah, ah, yeah. Possibly. Yeah, but that makes sense. It's kind of a, something you can do relatively mm. simply. You don't yeah. have to move it too much. You don't have to make it walk or anything. And like then that. I I think it's slightly it's a slightly different um you know era of technology as well when it's they they will have the animatronic, but then they will also put visual effects on top of it so like it might yeah, be an animatronic yeah. raptor head but the eyes will yeah. be cg or there'll be some kind yeah, of enhancement yeah, 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 yeah. which is very seamless and good yeah i do i like the effects it, i don't know it feels a little bit soulless i always feel like that the practical effects has a bit more life or something mm. i don't know mm. what it is but uh it, obviously it's always getting better than yeah. cgi stuff no i i completely agree yeah it, it's not got quite the same charm but it's done to a very very high standard um i i I think you get the impression they knew that they were going to be very closely scrutinized because jurassic park is always the the benchmark for cgi and and like king kong for example the peter jackson remake got very heavily uh criticized for having such ropey looking cgi dinosaurs and Mm, people mm. were saying that they don't even look as good as jurassic park from 10 years ago and Mm. um although i must i must say i don't think i will ever watch this film and go Oh my god, they have completely raised the bar and changed the game in yeah. effects. Whereas that's what Jurassic Park did. Yeah, yeah. Mm. This is this is more like when you uh, when you go from VHS to DVD or DVD to Blu-ray, and the first time you look at the the new thing, you're like, "What mm. is that?" It, and then you go you try going back to an old one. You're like, "Oh my god, I can't even. What is it? How did we watch this?" I never I never really noticed any difference. <laughs> I don't think I've got much else to say about Jurassic World. Yeah. I just think it's good fun, Jurassic World. I think it's Great solid fun. fun. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I am going to give it a 9 out of 10. Fucking hell. What? <laughs> Jesus Christ, Calvin. I think it's great. <laughs> He's satirizing the rating system. <laughs> <laughs> I really love this film. There, there, there are points in it when I was watching it where I was like, God, I might actually like this more than the first one. Uh, All right, now now we're getting silly. Come on, this is, <laughs> yeah, you just you you're being deliberately. Uh, well, what are you two going to say? So you've been very uh, complimentary of it. This whole discussion, I think it's solid, good fun. I give it a seven. Senior seven. Seven. Yeah, I I give it a solid seven. 
And that's quite a generous seven, because there are there are serious flaws with the <laughs> characters and writing. and But structurally, it works as an action film, and the effects are cool. It looks really good. <laughs> so now they're making Jurassic World <laughs> Fallen Kingdom. Uh, well, this is, the th- this is yeah, because the thing with Jurassic World is it was, let's just rehash the first film unashamedly and just do a good job of it. And they got away with it, for the most part. And... But now you can't do that again, so they've got to come up with something interesting. But it's, it's it's Jurassic World in the city, isn't it? Is it actually? Well, well, it seems the definitely the trailer says as that's what it. There's things in the yeah. in the city. There's definitely a dinosaur escapes and goes into like a little girl's bedroom by the looks yeah, of it I've or seen something. That. And I'm I'm hoping that's going to be a dream sequence. I think it's a fake out. But is that def- that's it? Is that, that could either be a dream sequence or like is it definitely not? Is that definitely on the mainland rather than like it's where the workers live on <laughs> on the island? Well, I... that's it. It could be some kind of quarters that they live in. And... I'm pretty sure it's civilization. It looks kind of okay. like the Lost World again. It's like they need to go back to the island to. I think they need to try and move the dinosaurs off of it. Um. There was one funny... There's a volcano. Yes, a volcano. There's, there's a volcano on the island until so they have to get the dinosaurs off or they're all gonna die. Which is which is presumably some sort of thing like, oh, look, it's a mass extinction event yeah. and humans are gonna have to save it. I'm, I'm assuming there's some sort of satire element to that. Mm. Okay. Anyway, I'm quite excited for it. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I mean... It... I'm having a hard time getting too excited, really. I, the, the trailers have all left me very cold. Yeah, they haven't inspired me particularly. Feels like they're giving a lot away in the uh, they're giving a lot away in the mm, trailers as well. Mm. Like we we see the twist that it's not that they're they're going in there to save the dinosaurs, but then it's not the saving the dinosaurs. They're gonna they're selling them at some sort of auction and they're using them as weapons or whatever. So like that's all in the trailer. But Jeff Goldblum's back, so that's gonna be fun. Hopefully, Jeff Goldblum's gonna be in a courtroom scene for like. 45 seconds let's not get carried away oh is he not going to the island come on isn't he in the trailer in one of those balls yeah he's in the trailer in a courtroom yeah no, he's isn't said... he in the trailer in one of those big balls or have i just no 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 he's in a courtroom no, i think he's he said imagine. himself his role was really just a cameo and he wasn't even sure if he'll be kept in the film oh well that's uh that's disappointing yeah so sol what's your idea you said you uh <laughs> the, the you remind you uh hinted that we should remember something that I forgot, something about the first film that you bring about. Oh, Samuel Jackson. Right. Yeah, so let's get him in there. Oh yeah, so you're bringing Samuel Jackson back with one arm. If we're bringing characters back, you know what I think they should do, really? I, I think they should just really lean into how stupid this can get. Just like, just go balls to the wall. Die Hard's in a similar place right now, and no one knows what's going on with that. So, John McClane's dispatched to the island to stop terrorists. <laughs> Hmm. That are taking the di- taking over the dinosaurs. Hmm. Uh, Christoph Waltz plays like Hans Gruber's son. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I would like I would like to see the Raptors in a proper modern uh, war scenario. In fact, like after Jurassic World yeah, came out, helmets on it, after Jurassic World came out, I I would have put good money on the next Jurassic film being called Jurassic War I was like so certain that it was going to be that and it was going to be like set in the Middle East or something and raptors and yeah it would be good too all yeah. that kind of stuff but the Russians have got T-Rex Ooh. fighters oh. <laughs> so, and, yeah, and, arms and I, say, I think we bring back 
bring back the human dinosaur hybrids from the earlier drafts. Bring back the the weaponized like they've got guns on their head raptors. Chris mm. Pratt's like yes. riding raptors. A, a raptor with a gun on its head is definitely what. The one is. Yeah. <laughs> Chris Pratt's like got a saddle on a raptor that he rides around, the biggest raptor like Yoshi. Hmm. I I like the fact I like the idea, sorry, of the human dinosaur thing because I want to see Samuel Jackson with the Velociraptor arm. <laughs> <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, he injects himself with like lizard DNA because they have regenerative <laughs> the regenerative powers and They're nothing to do with lizards. They're like birds. <laughs> You're right, they use frog DNA, don't they? Amphibian DNA to fill in the blanks, not lizards, yeah. I did like in Jurassic World when BD Wong's character like owned up to that. It's like, what you're seeing isn't really a dinosaur, it's just an interpretation of, you know, we're just creating what the... See, that's, that's your meta bit. Mm. Well, that's it. I think I think we should have a, 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 a realistic dinosaur in this one with feathers. T-Rex with feathers, and they're like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> we should have a scene <laughs> it's where... Like, the... It's only like... It's only 18 inches big. Yes, a scene where Mr. Wong comes in and he says, well, I've been working on this for a while. Uh, this is this is a really like accurate interpretation of a dinosaur. And they laugh him out of the room and he goes and he cries <laughs> because they all think his dinosaur's shit. And the T-Rex, the, like, the T-Rex with feathers is crying as well. It's just getting bullied. <laughs> oh, that's that can be our story about, yeah, learning to, uh, you know, embrace <laughs> the ugly people's differences. Dinosaur. But at the end, it sprouts wings that are be- like it's, it flaps its arms and it can actually fly a little bit, and that's like the big, amazing like T Rex showing up at the ch- end moment that these films like to have is when the T Rex learns it can actually fly to help save the day. Because T Rexes are good, we've established. <laughs> T Rex is good, Raptors bad. Yeah, I don't think we're ever going to see a T Rex eat another person in these films. I think that yeah. the line has been drawn. They're like big dogs. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Um, oh no, you know what? We have Chris Pratt riding on the back of the feathered T-Rex. They become best mates. They go into war to save uh, the new... Children. Dinosaur. The children. Oh. That Why are the kids there, though? Like, what's... They've been adopted by a dinosaur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, new um... movie star Judy Greer has... Uh... Oh yeah, get her in there. <laughs> yeah, just gone nuts because of her divorce or something, and... We're assembling a crack team of people to go in and rescue the kids. So it's Judy Greer as their mother, because she'll be able to go, ah, this is this is the boy's sock. I, I recognise it. We're on the right track. <laughs> so that's why she's there. Chris Pratt's there to like keep the dinosaurs under control and so on. Because they've got a lo- they've got like a, about five raptors with them and a big feathered T Rex. And Samuel L. Jackson's there because he's got. A, a raptor arm that's grown up like a big dinosaur <laughs> arm so he's at he's at one with the dinosaurs in a way where he can kind of sense where they are so he's kind of like <laughs> we've got to head west <laughs> and he, his dinosaur <laughs> arm like points in the direction is this like a 72 year old samuel L. jackson yeah <laughs> is he, are we you youthing him up <laughs> no it's just old old man jackson it's fine it's just older and he's been kept in a freezer in <laughs> bd wong's yeah, yeah, yeah. for 25 years <laughs> <laughs> yeah can we get Dennis Nedry back? I'm a big fan of Dennis Nedry. Yes. We never actually see him die. He just gets sort of molested in a car. <laughs> like a 1950s prom night. I'm surprised they didn't just have like a fat skeleton in the background of Jurassic World in that scene. Can we just ignore all the films and make it a sequel to Jurassic Park? Oh yeah, let's do that. That's popular these days. That's... Um... 
yeah, let's just do that. Let's just we'll so, just make what it should have been. <laughs> the dinosaurs go straight mm. to the city. Sam Neill, mm. Laura Dern, everyone's back, but like we'll use some de aging CGI. No, they, on the helicopter lands in San Diego, or whatever, and there's a there's a Velociraptor just hanging onto the bottom, and <laughs> <laughs> just drops off at the last minute, <laughs> like Robert De Niro in Cape Fear. <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's got his belt buckled to the, to the thing. Yeah, uh, but they are there are flying dinosaurs, aren't they? So they well, yeah, they've never cross. quite made it to the mainland, or we've never seen them mm. make it to the mainland, despite them being yeah. like yeah out there. That um, was another um, another idea for the fourth one that got developed quite heavily. Was obviously the end of the third one set up the idea that those pterodactyls were going to fly to the mainland, and yeah, for a while, um, the fourth film was going to be about dinosaurs making it to like the coast of some nearby country. In the books they they do it in Costa Rica like they they stow away on the boat somehow and uh, get to Costa Rica. Mm. Could set the whole thing in Costa Rica probably they'll probably do a good tax break filming in. Mm. The... Oh, the whole thing is sponsored by the Costa Rica tourism. <laughs> I think we should have another island. There's so Pepsi have an island um because we have Pepsi sores in Jurassic World. So let's have like lean into that. Pepsi have bought an island. They're developing actual Pepsi sores, and <laughs> they're like, you know, I don't know. They're d- dinosaurs with like drink dispensers in their head or something. Just like it's it's this whole marketing thing. They go or like they secrete Pepsi or something. Um, but they're they're like really <laughs> deadly. Something's gone wrong because they're like so ca- highly caffeinated that they're like just hyperactive <laughs> and like can jump really high and stuff. Um, <laughs> So that's that's we've got a load of Pepsi sores. Uh, let's say it is on the mainland, actually, like in Costa Rica or somewhere, just near to the island. So they they're getting free, uh, and so they have to send in our squad team of like dinosaur experts. Um, so leave the kids out of it. Oh yeah, you know whenever you you have a, an army film and they're going into like foreign land, they help. They always have a local who's like an interpreter yeah. slash, you know, like inside information. Mm. So they've got like a velociraptor on the. <laughs> Uh, who's just like he because he can track. He's a tracker, but all he can say is Alan, and they have to like it, like like <laughs> like I am grouped, like, and they have to interpret all of his Alan, 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 Alan. Yeah, yeah. So Chris Pratt, team of raptors to like inter. So he's the inter. He's the translator. The raptors are like the locals, you know, helping out. Samuel L. Jackson. With like a robot armor, a with dinosaur armor, or something. Arm. Fat skeleton. Uh, Jeff Goldblum, <laughs> fat skeleton. <laughs> That's a good team. Laura Dunn. Fuck it. Put Sam Neill in there as well. Put them all in. Yeah. Could we get Richard Attenborough back? <laughs> uh, he is. Um, he's like had his consciousness uploaded into a computer, <laughs> so they've got like a like a kind of iPad with his face <laughs> on it that like. Gives, tells them what to do and stuff, talks to them when they need help. <laughs> Can't we have John Hammond's brain in in a, a Pachiosaurus? <gasps> or or oh whatever. Another dinosaur. Yes. So he's just wandering around and they've given him vocal cords. Hmm. I think, yeah, I, I think that we should put him in a pterodactyl, I think. That seems like it'd suit him more. A winged mm. one. <laughs> yeah, he could be like the advanced scout. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right, so let, let's say... so. Chris Pratt's Dino Wrangler, we've got like one Raptor, one T-Rex uh, and uh, Richard Hammond's not Richard Hammond um, 
Richard Hammond. That'd be a very different film. Richard Attenborough's brain in a in a in a in a pterodactyl. They're the three dinosaurs. Chris Pratt. I guess Bryce Dallas Howard can be there for some reason. No, she's crap. I just well, we need we need a woman on the team. It's sexist. Laura Dern. Julianne Moore. Yes, Julianne Moore. Bring her back. Give her something to do. Brilliant. Yeah, Spawn. It's great. Whole thing's like a, a a heist movie, like Ocean's Eleven, but with dinosaurs. Mm. Ooh, yeah, I like that heist movie with dinosaurs. That's <laughs> it. That's the pitch. Do you need any more? Just throw a load of mad shit at the screen, and it'll work. <sighs> Jurassic World was nonsense enough, you know. So, just just really embrace it. Cool.